0: (laughs) The
1: The Diary of Fate. Fate plays no favorites. It could happen to you.
0: Book 93, page 861. In the Diary of Faith. Yes, here it is. The name, Tyler White. Occupation, Confidence man. Yes, Tyler, yours is the infamous profession of swindling people of wealth and social position by first gaining their attention, then their admiration, and finally their confidence. And you are well suited to your work. You have always been a success, but you have always been dishonest. And now I, fate, move. And because of two little things, a stray dog and a forgotten cigarette lighter, you, Tyler White, will soon be executed for a murder you did not commit. But only you and I know that. Take heed, you who listen, lest you think fate is unjust unmindful of mortal rights in a moment i will make a further entry under the name tyler white and when i have written i will read from his record in the diary of faith <laughs> of Tyler White now lies open before me. And for a brief moment, I, fate, look ahead to a single instant of decision. I got it all figured out now. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, Gordon, can you fix an alibi for
1: yourself from 8 to 10 tonight? Sure, sure I can. My boys will square up and down for me. Good. Now, look, here's the setup. We'll establish separate alibis first, and then we'll get together. And... Take care of Mr. Burke? Right. We're going to take good care of Mr. Johnny Burke.
0: Yes, in the life of Tyler White, the decision to murder was made. But in the last analysis, it was something small. Something beyond the control of this man or any other mortal which determined the inevitable outcome. It is ever thus, little things, yet. Yet these are the tools which I, fate, use. I have no choice, for it is all part of a plan, and once set in motion, nothing, not even I, fate, can alter the course already ordained. Remember, Tyler White, you and your latest victim the extremely wealthy Mrs. Estelle Courtney were driving to lunch. You were about to close a deal.
1: And so you see, Mrs. Courtney, one man's dream is more than just a good play. Why, it's got everything. It's tender, it's real, dynamic. Believe me, you're going to own a Broadway hit.
2: Well, I (laughs) hope you're right, Tyler. A hundred thousand dollars is a lot of money, especially for something by an unknown author. Why, none of my friends have ever heard of this Keith, uh, uh, Keith, what's his name?
1: Keith Kennedy. Of course they've never heard of him. This is his first play, and that's the beauty of it. His work is fresh, his outlook is clean. In short, Mrs. Courtney, it's youth talking.
2: Why, Tyler, those were my exact words to young Jim Olson when I hired him this morning. He's from Kansas City, you know, and he's yes. never had any experience of the theater in a big way... Like the New York stage, I mean. Mm. But I assured him that a director's job was the same any place, that he had views you in the hired New
1: Hired uh, Olson to direct our play?
2: Uh, yes, I did. Mm-hmm. In fact, he left Kansas City this morning. Oh, look, I Central Park. Isn't it lovely today? Uh,
1: but Mrs. Courtney, my partner has already picked a director. You can oh, a but at the plaza
2: now, and look at me. Only oh, blue is worn off, mm. no shiny. Oh, please drive slowly while I freshen up a bit. Oh, where well, is that lipstick?
1: Well, if your mind's made up, I don't suppose there's anything I can do. Oh,
2: Tyler, do you like the shade? It's called carnation red. A really different lipstick. Oh, Tyler, Tyler, that dog, look out!
1: Stupid
2: but Oh, Tyler, lipstick my lipstick, inches. it's smeared all over my dress.
0: <coughs> yes, Tyler. At just the right moment, I, Faith, intervened. Oh. A stray dog darted from the curb. And as you stepped on the brakes, Mrs. Courtney smeared lipstick on her dress. A half hour later, as you left the cleaning shop where the stain had been removed, you were surprised to hear someone call your name as you stepped to the sidewalk.
1: Hey, Tyler! Tyler White!
0: Huh?
1: Oh, hello, Burke. Well, well, I haven't seen you in a long time. How are things going? Can't complain. Uh, we'd better hurry, Mrs. Courtney. It's after one already. Oh, is it
2: ready? Well, goodness, I have a day. slips by?
1: Well, so long, Burke. See you around. I, uh, don't believe I've had the pleasure. What? Oh, yes, yes, of course. Uh, uh Mrs. Courtney and Mr. Burke.
2: Oh, uh, how do you do, Mr. Burke? Why,
1: Mrs. Courtney, Mrs. Estelle Courtney. Uh,
2: why, yes.
1: Well, this is a pleasant surprise. Why... I've seen your picture, I'm sorry, fellow. We're in a hurry. The car's over here, Mrs. Courtney. See you, Burke. Yes, I think
0: you will, Tyler. Goodbye, Mrs. Courtney. Yes, Tyler. A little thing caused you to stop at a cleaning shop. And as a result, you met Johnny Burke, a man you thoroughly disliked. But you forgot about him an hour later when Mrs. Courtney finally agreed to sign a contract the next day, awarding you a $100,000 for the production of One Man's Dream, a play you could stage for $20,000. When you returned to your office and Gordon Kane late that afternoon, you were elated as you lied to your partner.
1: Well, Gordon, we're all set. We've hooked our angel. Are the contracts signed yet? No, no, tomorrow. But the $50,000 is as good as ours. $50,000? Well, I thought she'd be good for twice that. Listen, Mrs. Courtney isn't the easy, Mark, I figured. As a matter of fact, we're going to lose a few bucks in that deal you arranged with Dwight Reese. You mean she's hired another director? Yeah, some dear boy she met in Kansas City. I'll get it. White and Kane Productions, Tyler White speaking. Hello, Mr. White, this is Johnny Burke. What do you want, Burke? No reason to be so cold, Tyler. Listen, After all, we're old friends. Listen, Burke, I think you're a cheap crook and our friendship ends there. Now, what do you want?
0: Exactly $20,000.
1: What? Are you crazy? Yeah,
0: like a fox. Now get this, White. I'm in the hot water with a couple of the big boys signed a marker for 20 grand and it's due
1: and payable tonight. You won't get any sympathy out of me, Burke. I'm not looking for sympathy, Tyler. I'm after cash. You're the softest touch I know. What do you mean by that crack? Justice, if you don't have the money out here at my place in Cedarville by 9 o'clock tonight,
2: I may have to call Mrs. Courtney, Mrs. Estelle Courtney, and tell her
1: a few things I know about you and the late Mrs. Goodall. You'll do like what? I you once, Tyler. I'm in a tight spot. I know how you're pleased with And Mr.
2: White,
0: I have got the letter she wrote to you that prove it. Now, can I expect you at nine?
1: Yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there at nine o'clock sharp. Seven o'clock. Tyler, we've been sitting here for three hours. I tell you, we've got to shut up, Gordon. I've got it all figured out now. Can you fix up pet alibi for yourself from 8 to 10 tonight? Sure, sure I can. My boys will swear up and down for me. Good. Now look, here's the setup. We'll establish separate alibis first, and then we'll get together. And take care of Mr. Burke? Right. We'll take good care of Mr. Johnny Burke. And no one will suspect us, Gordon, and even if they do, with will Me? And... I was with my boys, playing cards all day. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and I was up at a movie. I can prove it. And furthermore, let me tell you... Uh, hello? I'd like to talk to Mr. White, please. It's for you, Tyler. This is Mr. White. My name is Jim Olson, Mr. White. And Mrs. Courtney engaged me to direct a play she's backing. Oh, I see. I just got into town. I'd like to get together with you and Mr. Kane. Why, oh, sure, but it's it's after seven already, Mr. Olson. And, well, then, uh, uh, how about dinner? Dinner? No, I'm afraid that's impossible. I'm going to be busy tonight. Very
0: busy. <laughs> time for dinner with Jim Olson that night. You and your partner had no time for anything except the murder of Johnny Burke. Shortly before eight o'clock, you left Gordon in the office where he was calling the right people to establish his alibi, and you went to the Fairfield, a moving picture theater you had visited the night before. You were careful to be conspicuous. You talk to the girl in the box office. Uh,
1: in other words, if I go in now, I'll just catch the start of the feature. Is that it, honey?
0: That's
2: right. The name isn't Honey, if you don't mind.
1: <laughs> it should be.
2: Look, mister, the whole show is on the inside. The feature starts at eight six and breaks at 10.30. Now, how many, please?
1: One. I, uh, I'm sorry about that honey business. Didn't mean to be fresh honest.
2: Well, forget it. But the name's June.
1: White's my name, June. Tyler White. I'm glad to know you.
0: Yes, you were glad to know her, Tyler. Because it strengthened your alibi. And as you entered the theater, you joked with the man who took your ticket. Then you talked to the manager who stood nearby. And finally, a ushered seated you. A moment later, unnoticed, you quietly moved to a side exit and left. And even as you stepped into the darkened alley and walked quickly toward the rendezvous that you and your partner had arranged, Gordon King left the office. Everything was timed perfectly, Tyler. But then I, fate, moved again. And unknown to you, another little thing happened. As Gordon Kane reached the end of the corridor, he took out a cigarette, then discovered that he had forgotten his life. Quickly, he walked back to the office.
1: Hello? Hello? Oh, Mr. Kane, this is Mrs.
2: Courtney. It's Mr. White there. Why,
1: no, he's not. Can I help you, Mrs. Courtney? Well,
2: I suppose so. It's about the contract I'm going to sign tomorrow. Uh, Tell me, is that $100,000 due in a dump sum? What? Uh, Mr. Kane, I asked you if
1: that $100,000 is due in a dump sum. Why, I don't know, Mrs. Courtney. I'll have to ask Mr. Tyler.
0: forgotten cigarette lighter, and Gordon King learned that you, Tyler, had lied to him. Soon now you will meet your partner, and soon I, Fate, will make a further entry under your name. When I have written, I will read from the record in The Diary of Fate. <laughs> A stray dog that darted from the curb. You, Tyler White, became the victim of a blackmailer. A man as evil as yourself. And because of another little thing, a forgotten cigarette lighter, your partner, Gordon Kane, learned that you were even dishonest with him. But he said nothing when you met and drove to Cedarville for Johnny Burke lived. The house was dimly lighted and on a deserted street. And you, Tyler, were uncomfortable as you rang the doorbell and waited. But there was no answer. You were surprised when you tried the door and found it unlocked.
1: Easy, Tyler. We may be walking into a trap. That doesn't add up. Burke needs money, remember? Burke! Burke, are you home? I don't like this, Tyler. Let's get out of here. Relax, Gordon. Relax. Sit down. let probably stepped out for a minute. Well, maybe you're right. Tyler, look. Under that cushion, it's a gun. Yeah. Yeah, 38. (laughs) What are you going to do with it, Tyler? I I think I'll put it in the desk here just in case Johnny Burke has any fancy ideas. Hey, where are you going? This place is a back door. I want to know. Tyler. Yeah? Tyler, come here. What? What's the matter, Gordon? What is it? Mr. Burke is home, after all. Look. What?
0: He's dead. Yes, Tyler. The man you and Gordon Kane had intended to murder was already dead. For a moment, you stared in cold fascination at the body sprawled face down at your feet. Then you noticed the letters. The ones you wanted so badly. Look, Gordon. On the desk. The letters.
1: Yeah, I guess he was going through them when he was killed. Who do you figure did it? Anyone of a dozen. Burke was a dirty blackmailer and a stool pigeon. And believe me, he murdered more than once. Tyler. Yeah, yeah, come on. Grab those letters, Gordon. Let's go. The back door. Come on. Did you go any faster, Tyler? My foot's on the floor now. Now, quit worrying. In another half hour, we'll be back in town. And you'll be playing cards, and I'll be yeah, a Tyler. Yeah. Man, look out! Yeah. Put out your lights. He's over here in this ditch. Is he dead, Gordon? Not yet. Bleeding bad. I guess he was fixing a flat when you hit him. What do we do? Let's get out of here. we we'll leave him. But Tyler, do no, your head, Gordon. If we report this and get an ambulance, we're spotted in Cedarville. Come on, let's go. You better let me out here, Tyler. It's only a block to my place. too careful now. Well, so far, so good. I'll see you in the morning, Tyler, at the office. Hey, hey, wait a minute. Those letters, let me have them. No, Tyler, I don't think I will. What? Is this your idea of a joke, Gordon? Yeah, it's a joke, Tyler. Like the one about you getting only $50,000 from Mrs. Courtney. What? What are you talking about? Uh, Skip the act, Tyler. Mrs. Courtney called at the office tonight and wanted to know if the $100,000 was to be in a lump sum. Listen, Gordon, you're getting just what you're worth. Now give me those letters. Give them, Tommy. Get your hands off me. Tyler, put down that wrench. (sighs) Now I'll have those letters, Gordon. Gordon. Gordon.
0: Tyler, you had murdered. At first, the thought horrified you, and your mind reeled in utter confusion. But in a moment, you gained control of yourself and realized that now both Burke and Gordon were out of the way, and you had your precious letters. Quickly, you stripped Gordon of his wallet, his watch, a ring. Then, unnoticed, you drove hurriedly to the Fairfield Theater. At half past ten, you stepped in the shadows of a nearby shop and approached the girl in the box office, confident that your alibi was still unshatterable.
2: That's right, sir. The last picture goes on in ten minutes. You're welcome. How many, please?
1: Uh Two dozen, honey. All on the aisle.
2: Two so dozen? Oh, oh, oh. oh, it's you again. Hello. <laughs>
1: The name's still Tyler White, uh, June.
2: Oh, I haven't forgotten. The fact is, I was just thinking about you.
1: Wondering if I were going to stop by on my way out?
2: Well, sort of. <laughs> you see, I'm through here in a half hour. Look,
1: June, I've uh, got to get home for a minute. Uh, business call. But how about me picking you up when you're through, hmm?
2: Well, I, I shouldn't, but i uh, will all write it today.
1: Fine, then I'll uh, see you around 11, hmm?
0: Your alibi was perfect, Tyler. You would get in the theater from eight o'clock until half past ten. You would talk to the ticket taker, to the manager. You had even made a date with a girl who would not forget your name. And on your way home, you stopped on a nearly deserted bridge you got rid of the things you had taken from Gordon's body. Now as you approached your house, you were relieved. Until a voice from the darkness called your name. Hey, Mr. White. Huh? Oh? Well, who's there? Who is it? James Barton. Lieutenant Barton, homicide. Homicide? What? Yeah. What well what's the trouble, Lieutenant? Hey, here's your thing. Somebody's dead.
1: Mind if I come in? No, no, no. Of course not.
0: Good.
1: Chilly tonight, But, uh... What do you want with me? Who's dead? Your partner. Gordon Kane. Gordon? Gordon Kane is dead? I I can't believe it. Yeah. Must be a shock to you, all right. Tell me. Where you been tonight? Me? Why, I've been at a movie in uh-huh. the Fairfield. Been there since uh, 8 o'clock. Yeah, can you prove it? Uh, of course I can. Wait a minute, though. Surely you don't think I killed Gordon Kane?
0: No, Mr. White, I don't.
1: That looks like a run-of-the-mill stick i Well, then, uh, why this
0: questioning? Uh-huh. Because you're under arrest for murder, White. For the murder of Johnny Burke. What? Burke? Yeah. Tommy Burke's dead, too? Ah. Shot through the head with a 38. We found a gun in the desk drawer in the living room. And if the fingerprints on it are yours. You're through, White. You're a but, dead duck. But why would I kill Burke? That's easy. Blackmail. You see, we found a letter written to you by a Mrs. Goodall. It was under Burke's body. But I... I told you I was at the Fairfield Theater
1: from 8 until 10 o'clock tonight. Uh-huh.
0: Maybe you was. Johnny
1: Burke was killed at 7 o'clock. Where was you then, Mr. White? At 7? I, well, I, I was in my office. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I was with Gordon Kane. We were, we're talking business.
0: Oh, Gordon Kane's dead, remember?
1: He says your alibi. No, 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 wait. Huh? I can prove I was there. I, 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 I had a call from uh, Jim Olson. A director who just got into town. He called me. Yeah. Yeah, I can prove that, Lieutenant. I'm sure I
0: can. Yes, you were safe, Tyler. You had an alibi. A witness who could break the chain of circumstances that was closing tightly about you. A chain that could hold you for a murder you did not commit. But soon, Tyler White, you will learn that the supreme law of justice is as constant as the rise and fall of the tides. For soon, I will write the final entry under your name in The Diary of Fate. longer afraid as you stood before Lieutenant Barton, an officer who had convincing circumstantial evidence that you had murdered Johnny Burke, a crime of which you were innocent. Your confidence gradually returned as you called Mrs. Courtney and heard her say where you could locate Jim Olson, the one man who could keep you from arrest and trial for murder.
2: Jim Olsen is staying at the Royal Arms
1: Hotel. I, uh, I think I have a number right here. Yes, yes, it's Drexel 27331. Drexel 27331. Thank you, Mrs. Courtney. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, Lieutenant, Jim Olsen is at the Royal Arms Hotel. The number is Drexel 27331. Okay, I'll call him.
0: I'd like to speak to Mr. Olson. Mr. Jim Olson. I'm sorry, sir, but Mr. Olson. Hey, look, this is the police. Lieutenant Barton homicide. Now is Mr. Olson there? No, oh, Lieutenant, he's not. You see,
1: Mr. Olson was killed tonight. Huh? What? What's that?
0: He was what? killed? He was struck by a hit and run driver. It happened just outside of Cedarville. Yes. The man Tyler hid in the road and left to die was the only man who could prove he was not guilty of the murder of Johnny Burke. And now as Tyler White sits in prison and awaits his execution for a crime he did not commit, he realizes that justice will be served. And now it is time to close the book Another entry has been carefully noted on the Pages of Eternity. In the case of Tyler White, as in the cases of all mortals, I, fate, am but an instrument of the plan, and the little things at my command are the tools with which I work. Because of a stray dog... Tyler White, a dishonest man, was led to his death after he had killed the one man who could have saved him. Ponder well the moral, you who listen and remember, there is a page for you in the Diary of Faith. cast included
1: Herbert Lytton, Ruth Parrott, Herbert Rawlinson, Bob Lowry, Tyler McVeigh, Ray Erlenborn, Ivan Dittmars, and Hal Sawyer. Diary of Fate is a Larry Finley transcription brought to you from Hollywood.